Hey, this is Rupa. People ask me what the word otherhood means a lot. I try not to answer because I want it to mean different things to different people. When I started this podcast, the word to me meant a feeling of not belonging and looking for your place. But it's come to mean more, like maybe other doesn't have to be a bad thing. It could just mean unique, proudly unique. And that's how I've come to think of otherhood, as what the U.S. might be one day, a nation of others where no one group is a majority and everyone is equal, a kind of society that arguably never existed before. The man who led the movement that made that society possible died 50 years ago today. This episode looks at how his final message of solidarity across race lived on. I'm Rupa Shinoy, and this is Otherhood. Exactly a year to the day before Dr. King died, April 4th, he laid out an expanded dream, one where oppressed and poor people around the world advocated for each other. A true revolution of values will soon look uneasily on the glaring contrast of poverty and wealth. With righteous indignation, it will look across the seas and see individual capitalists of the West investing huge sums of money in Asia, Africa, and South America, only to take the profits out with no concern for the social betterment of the countries and say this is not just. It will look at our alliance with the landed gentry of South America and say, this is not just. The Western arrogance of feeling that it has everything to teach others and nothing to learn from them is not just. That was a powerful message to send across the world as many countries were struggling to emerge from colonialism. King enhanced the American image as the vanguard of freedom. Millions began immigrating to the U.S., a demographic shift that King never got to see. The year he died, a daughter of Caribbean immigrants became the first black woman elected to the U.S. Congress. We are entering a new era in which we must, as Americans, demand stature. Shirley Chisholm represented her diverse Brooklyn district fiercely, going door to door as a census taker in 1970, speaking Spanish to make sure her Latino constituents weren't undercounted as they were elsewhere. Two years later, as the first black person and woman to run for president, Chisholm made a point of advocating for people who'd been ignored. You take the Chicana people in the southwestern part of this country. These people work in sometimes 14 and 15 hours a day. And at the end of a week, they don't even get a decent salary to keep their families together. A decade later, the Rainbow Coalition in Chicago elected the city's first black mayor, and they did it by bringing together a never-before-seen coalition of Latinos, blacks, and liberal whites. Mayor Harold Washington, a Chicago native, was beloved. I'm the results of 400-some-odd years of struggle, symptom, man's inhumanity to man. When people cry for help, whether Chinese coolies or South African Bantu, or serfs in Russia, or South African held in bondage, or gay and lesbians pushed around, that I'll be there and defending them and supporting them. That's just what they do. 
You know, I would say that Barack Obama stood on Harold Washington's shoulders. One of Washington's advisors, David Axelrod, speaking there to the local ABC TV News, went on to help lead Barack Obama's successful campaigns for president. Had Harold Washington not been elected mayor in 1983, uh, I don't know that the political conditions would have been there for Barack Obama to rise in Illinois politics the way he did. Like Washington, Obama was supported by a diverse coalition. Civil rights attorney Steve Phillips published a book about that in early 2016 called Brown is the New White. He argued Obama's election was proof that minorities, immigrants, black people, and liberal whites had already formed a new national majority that was a powerful political force. So what happened to that coalition? This year, Phillips reissued his book with a new preface that answers that question. What happened in 2016 is there was an element of splintering and lack of motivation, which allowed Trump to slide through in terms of being able to actually get in. And the Trump administration came in with hostile rhetoric and policies toward communities of color. And this is not without historical precedent, right? This is very similar to what happened after the Civil War where you had the reconstruction efforts, which were then abandoned. And so what the election of Trump is akin to the destruction of reconstruction. The country is a lot more diverse now than it was then. I've always wondered if Martin Luther King and other civil rights leaders thought that would make a difference. After all, their movement pushed for the sweeping 1965 legislation that lifted restrictions on immigration. But Miller says there aren't any records to show that's true. Regardless, the demographic revolution is inexorable and irreversible. So that's the engine of change within this country. There are people who dispute that idea that there's a growing number of minorities who will vote together, even though the Census Department in the last years of the Obama administration projected the country will become, quote, minority majority in 2044. An earlier census director doesn't buy it. I do not think the country is about to become majority minority. Kenneth Pruitt led the Census Bureau during the Clinton administration. And here's why I do not think that is going to be true because very large percentages of some of the so-called minorities are migrating to the white race. That's the box they're ticking. Pruitt says there's information that shows, for example, that more affluent Asian Americans who marry European Americans are more likely to report their children as white than Asian. That's the same thing that happened in the 1890s, 1910s, and so forth. There was an influx of European immigrants then, and Pruitt says there was an option on the census for white people to identify more specifically as, for example, Italian, Irish, or Polish. He says records show immigrants checked those boxes, but their sons and daughters were more likely to identify as white. Pruitt thinks that's what will happen with the current generations of immigrants and their children. And so that's just going to happen. That's the history of this country. The results of the 2020 census may show to what extent he's right. Because while the government stopped asking white people about their national origins in the 1920s, the question's coming back. Under an Obama administration proposal approved by the Trump administration, white and black people will be asked for their national origins on the 2020 census. Steve Phillips, the brown is the new white guy, hopes someone will motivate a coalition of minorities to regroup and identify with 
each other. But he says that would take diverse political leadership. And people who lead the Democratic Party and control its resources are still mostly white. That's the question before the country now. Is that coalition able to come back together again and come out and participate in a way which will take back power? Phillips points out that two-thirds of Asian Americans didn't vote for Trump. And he doesn't think the Trump administration is making an effort to reach out to them or other groups of color. So the opportunity remains significant for reassembling the coalition that is, in fact, the majority. So here we are, 50 years after King's death, with America in limbo. It seems like the country's poised on the verge of either following through on a modern version of King's final dream or defying it. We are now faced with the fact, my friends, that tomorrow is today. We are confronted with the fierce urgency of now. 51 years ago today, King told his audience, there is such a thing as being too late. The whole idea that the children and grandchildren of today's immigrants of color won't identify as minorities or with their ethnic roots, let's just say I'm skeptical. But the larger question of who will show solidarity with people of color, that one's real and thorny. And I do think the answer will have consequences. You can let me know what you think by tweeting or finding Otherhood on Facebook. Thanks for listening. I'm Rupa Shanoi, and this has been Otherhood from PRI. Otherhood.